Hello friend, I am Maria, and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, higher realms, the mysteries of the universe, and source consciousness. I use hypnosis to get into a deep theta state where I am able to connect to and embody my higher self. This particular episode is from a series we call Conversations with a Collective. In this series, I'm accessing the depth and the breadth of the collective human consciousness on planet Earth. What unfolds is a monologue that is dictated by the questions and comments that I receive back from the collective. Enjoy! Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with a Collective. Today we're going to be doing one of our Q&A sessions with the Collective of Humanity on planet Earth, alive and well and breathing, uh, as of right now. Um, this is a somewhat new format. Um, you may have seen, you may have heard some of the episodes that we did in the past. I love this particular series because I get to interact uh, essentially with the entirety of humanity and that is pretty fascinating it's like having the biggest the largest on earth panel discussion or uh, talk <laughs> TED talk if you will so this is uh, quite um, I would say this is my favorite format because I get to tune into what you're up to you know your vibrations your thoughts your feelings your state essentially at this moment in time and I get to be helpful and, and do what I do best which is really coach I think um, so today the topic that I wanted to focus our Q&A session on is the topic of God yeah we're going there we're going there all the way I see some um, some folks are really excited so the way this works is you know I set up a topic again today the topic is God or God consciousness, however you want to think about it. Um, and then I actually urge um, folks that represent the collective, right? Like whoever has a question to come through and ask me the question. Uh, and then essentially, if you get selected, uh, your question would get selected, by the way, if it is really, really helpful for the rest of humanity, as well as our podcast listeners. And then it would be my job to essentially translate the question or rephrase the question for our audience so that they could participate fully in this experience because obviously our audience is not able to hear what I hear and see what I see. Um, yeah, and that is essentially a very free-floating and unscripted format of a conversation. Yeah, super excited to tackle the topic of God today. Let's dive right in. I know this is a very charged topic, right? Um, I know that there is a lot of prejudice should I say a lot of opinions around what God is what God is not some of it is dogmatic um, other you know information is is really felt and kind of like comes from within but there is enough confusion I think at this plane of reality because God consciousness is fairly removed from 3d world so what I notice with third dimensional planets that have consciousness, um, humanoid consciousnesses, the concept of God is 
generally the topic rooted in mystery. Literally, I have not come across any third dimensional planet that had that down path, that had a really, really deep understanding of the topic and didn't have any questions on the matter. And yet the concept of God tends to be a very pivotal concept. A lot of the consciousness uh, of third dimensional planets somehow, one way or another, revolves around the topic of God, whether you realize that or not. So it is very much an a conversation item. This is something that you guys proactively think about or you want to connect to that energy. And yet there is very little understanding of that energy. So today I really wanted to help shed the lights on anything really that you were wondering, any questions that you might have, may have, any discrepancies you know that you may have, anything that is coming through for you. I'm essentially here to help and to answer your questions, to be your guide. All right. So I'm going to be taking the question, our first question of the day. So if you feel like you are really curious about something you really wanted to ask, and if you feel your question is going to benefit the rest of humanity or somehow pertains to our listeners in a very deep way, do step forward and voice your question. I'm taking the question right now. Okay. So the question actually comes from a child, in this particular case, a girl around 10 years old. And the question is, how can I get closer to God? The question is, I don't really feel God in my bones. You know, I don't really feel God, right? So essentially, this, this human's perception of God, this little girl's perception of God is something that is out there and very lofty and almost kind of like above her pay grade, if that makes any sense. And so she feels like there is this almost space or gap, shall I say, that separates her from God. And at the same time, this little girl really wants to be connected, right? It really wants to be connected. So she's like, how can I feel closer to God? Okay. Um, so why don't we start, as always, with the bigger picture of, of this reality, right? Um, and then I'll definitely answer the question. So what you're experiencing in your day-to-day -day life is what I would call extreme separation. So extreme separation from everything, actually. So you are experiencing yourself as a singularity instead of experiencing yourself as oneness or a multitude of things. So third dimensional worlds are actually specifically built for this one single purpose is you being able to experience yourself as one unit of consciousness that is completely separate from everything else in existence. Now, this means that you feel as a human, right, as a being, you feel completely separate from everything that surrounds you, which starts from other members of your species, which by the way, also means that you essentially are your perception of this reality is even feeling separate from certain aspects of yourself, right? That you potentially potentially reject or that become the realm of your subconscious, right? So then you obviously are also very separated from the members of your human family, whether that is your immediate family, your parents, your siblings, as well as the rest of humanity. So you essentially perceive yourself as separate, divided, and alone in many cases. So that is the experience that you're having. But not only that, it only starts with being separate from the rest of the members of your human species. You obviously feel very separate from 
nature, every aspect of nature, whether that is natural features such as mountains or rivers, like you're like, this is me and that is the river and I'm not the river and the river is not me and we're completely separate on our own like individual journeys, right? That is the perception that you have. And of course, you also perceive yourself as being separate from, let's say, the entirety of planet Earth, the entirety of the solar system. You perceive yourself as separate from your sun and from the rest of the Milky Way galaxy, right? So that is your experience. So no wonder that your experience is feeling separate from the entity of God, right? Because if you've come to this plane of existence to experience full, complete, utter separation, then it would be strange if somehow by default you felt connected to God, right? Again, what I would like for you to understand is that there is essentially nothing wrong with you if you think, if you believe that somehow you're missing the mark on having a relationship with God or being close to God or feeling like a child of God, whatever your form or shape of separation, whatever flavor of separation you're experiencing, I would like to validate it. And not only that, but I would like to validate it in a way that you should realize that that is supposed to be the norm on this planet and the norm for third dimensional planets and not an exception. So get one thing clear. You are the norm if you feel you are not close enough to God or if you feel you don't have a close enough relationship with God. Right? So first things first. Now, your path to connection, ironically, can start from multiple different places, right? There's not just one way to skin the cat. Essentially, what you're experiencing is the utmost illusion right now, right? So if I were to look at, there, there are actually, there are many ways to perceive what's going on. There's your perception, which is a feeling of complete separateness. My perception is actually the complete togetherness or oneness of everything. Right. And then there are various stages in between your perception and my perception that are nonetheless valid. Right. So there's the full spectrum of how separate versus how together you are perceiving yourself from the rest of existence. And as a soul, essentially, at different points in your life, you would experience every different facet of that gradation, every different facet, every different um, inch of that spectrum, if you will. Right. So you cannot fully understand connection before you understand separation, right? So essentially, you're going to succumb yourself, put yourself through experiences as a soul that would enable you to move from different level, from like levels of higher separation to essentially lower separation, and sometimes back and forth. Like there is not always a rhyme or reason to how you choose to walk your path and continue your journey as a soul, right? So what I mentioned earlier, right? So that your path to connection to God can start from a few different places. Essentially, one path that you can feel closer to God is starting with yourself and feeling closer to yourself first. Now, I get, I get it. That is probably not the answer that you would like to hear, right? And by the way, I will provide other options for you. But I would like for you to understand that because illusion of separateness is just that, it's an illusion, it is not reality, and it is not truth. Your 
perception of being separate it just is just that again it's the perception it is not the ultimate truth of the universe right so by connecting within you're starting to grant permission for yourself to essentially enter the rest of consciousness so i don't know if like how how often you reminisce about like how life is created or how often essentially you get into like deep introspective states but there is one point to introspection um, that essentially could trip up your whole reality that I think is worth mentioning here. So if, and, and, and here is the point, like essentially if you think of yourself as one human, you could keep zooming out into macro universe, into infinity, and you're not going to run out of quote unquote space and time reality, right? So the universe is infinitely large at the same time. If you kind of look within your body, right, and you go down to the mitochondria level, down to the cell level, down to the membrane level, down to the nucleus level, and then even further down to the atom level, and then within, there is an, a universe essentially just as infinite in the, at the ma- micro level, just like there is an infinite universe at the macro level, as above, so below, as within, so without, right? Which means, essentially, if you're looking to connect to God, there are two paths, two major paths you can take. Either comprehend the vastness of the zooming out or the vastness of the zooming in. Let me rephrase that. You can either go really deep within to find God because by going deep enough within, you find that infinity at micro level at the level of the microcosm, where essentially your body is a universe in and of itself, right? That is one way to find God and to feel closer to God. The opposite way is to go macro to the utmost extent, to go really out there and kind of like use your magnifying glass and zoom, um, um, zoom out essentially until you reach infinity and at that one point you know you're going to reach a point of perception that would be oneness and that is your way to, of connecting to God and connecting to creator however let me start bringing it home for you because I also want to give you very practical suggestions instead of just like this theoretical explanations of how you find God right so first things first let's correct the fallacy that Essentially, 98% of you believe that God is a consciousness outside of yourself, right? Until or unless you reach a certain level of awareness or awakening. And even for the awakened souls, not enough souls start looking for God within, right? So essentially, most of you are going to start looking for God outside of yourself as a being much bigger than you are. And missing that connection, the feeling that there is a gap between you and God, essentially, right? Not enough of you going within. And I'm telling you, there is more than one path to feeling closer to God. Okay, fine. Let's explore the second version. And let's start answering the question of how you can feel closer to God. A couple of things here, a couple of practical tips. First things first, God, or how I like to call, um, call it source consciousness, source, that from which everything else emanated and that which everything else is going to go back into, um, you know, once we reach the aspect of the great collapse of the universe, um, 
or the, the, the great exhale of the universe, however you want to think about it. We are all connected to source consciousness, whether we'd like it or not, because we are a projection or a part of source consciousness. The way that you would experience that at the level of an incarnated soul is essentially there is a point between you and God. And that point, there's a point of connection between you and God. And I will tell you exactly what that point of connection between you and God is. Imagine standing um, imagine standing like imagine that you're standing and your eye uh, your arms are to the sides. So essentially your body has a shape of a cross, right? Again, we're not going religious, so bear with me for this analogy. Essentially, at the intersection of like so imagine that the vertical axis of the cross is your spinal cord you know it's going from down to up or from up to down depends on how you prefer you know there's no wrong answer here uh, it's a yes universe after all right so imagine that the vertical axis of the cross is your spinal cord and imagine that the horizontal axis of your uh, of your cross is essentially the line that would um be like if you could draw a line from your outstretched arms you know from the left to the right from the right to the right to the left that would be your horizontal axis right and they meet at a certain point you know in your chest area there is like a point of connection the point of zero in the point of zero uh essentially there are two points that matter at the point of zero because you're not a two-dimensional human you're a third-dimensional human right which means that you have volume your body has a volume. You're not flat on a piece of paper, right? So whereas a cross, you know, as a 2D structure is a very flat structure, we're talking about a third dimensional cross, which essentially your body forms a third dimensional cross. Now, we're not going to get into the detail of what that means and how to work that cross, because the question that you guys asked me is how can you feel close, closer to God? And the answer is actually incredibly simple. So at your point zero, where your cross, like your vertical and your horizontal axis of your human cross, which essentially is your human biological organism, a machine, however you want, a tool, toolkit, however you want to call that, right? So there is a point zero. There are essentially two points zero. So the first um, point is in the thymus gland. So your thymus gland is essentially right where your vertical and your horizontal axis of your human body cross meet. Uh, thymus is your higher heart. This is your point and center of connection to the entirety of the universe as in. So the way they, the reason they call it the higher heart, by the way, the emanations of your higher heart are pink. So the low vib vibrational love uh, vibration, low vibrational love color or emanation, if you will, is emerald green, right? That is what you would feel in your heart chakra which is essentially about two inches below your thymus gland. And if you guys are not entirely sure where your thymus gland is, just Google it and you know you can find it in the human body. It's not that hard. So essentially, um, your thymus gland, though, represents the point zero, the alpha and the omega, the starting point, the ending point of your heart consciousness. But I, I don't mean your human heart. I kind of mean your higher heart. What does your higher heart mean? Your higher heart means it's almost like if your um, if the heart of your lower self, right, your incarnated self, was 
connected by a straight line with a with the heart of your higher self the point of connection would be your thymus gland but your thymus gland being pink and being the center of interconnectedness and essentially your center of oneness is your doorway and your gateway into the rest of existence right that is how you can start perceiving yourself as a part of the whole and the whole as a part of yourself however imagine imagine that is not your point of connection to god not to be mistaken because there is another part another point where you're connected to god imagine that there was a straight line you know if you were to kind of like <laughs> the analogy is really weird like if you were to take a pin or something right and prick yourself like pin pin that or like put that right through your thymus gland and or like we can think of it as another axis imagine there is an axis that is a horizontal axis right so parallel to the floor and that horizontal axis goes right through your point zero and imagine that it would connect your thymus which is your higher heart to a vertebrae of your spinal cord through a parallel line right essentially there is a spot on your spinal cord that is located at the same distance from the floor that your thymus is only on the back side of your like of your body right so in the front there's thymus and in the back right in the same exact location is a vertebrae right and you would all know what i mean because like you literally as i'm talking i'm activating that vertebrae in you so i urge you to take out your right arm right or left whichever one you guys prefer and put that on that vertebrae it's right kind of between your shoulder blades this one vertebrae and it really kind of sticks out and it's going to really like stick out for you that is the vertebrae that is your point of connection in your physical body to god or source consciousness so essentially your body has two points zero one is in the thymus and the other one is in the vertebrae that is exactly opposite to the to the thymus on the back side of your body because again you are a being that is not a 2d being which means to, to, you know, second dimensional means you're a third dimensional being which means that certain things that on paper would be the exactly same point in third dimensional reality become two points or multiple points along the axis right so that vertebrae that we have just found and located is your point of connection to god for those of you that are incessantly or inherently feeling more connected to god you would know instantly which which vertebrae i'm talking about it's kind of like an ancient knowing that's going to start coming back to you and you didn't even know that you forgot it but it's is going to start resonating with you as truth because again it's essentially another point zero and the only reason that that point zero exists right and again it's an energetic point it doesn't mean that your vertebrae specifically connects you to god consciousness although that would not even be technically untrue right there is an energy point like an energy vessel right alongside right around the vertebrae that would allay, enable you allow you to connect to god consciousness so imagine that there is a cord of light that connects at that particular vertebrae that we just located in your point zero and imagine that it stretches up and connects to the heart of god or the heart of source right what is the heart of source it's the core of the emanations of 
God consciousness, right? So the, the very center of that being, if you will, right? So imagine that there is a cord that connects you, your point zero, your vertebrae, which is located, and the heart of God, because it is true. You all have a cord like that. For this girl that just asked me a question, I'm going to bring it back full circle about how can I feel closer to God? Essentially, she has this cord deactivated. By definition, I will tell you this. By default, 100% of you that are going to come into a third dimensional planet like planet Earth are going to have this cord deactivated when you come into your body. Why? Because it is so by design. And by the way, it serves you. And I'm not going to get tired of repeating myself. Everything and anything in this reality is happening for you, not to you. And it is working and flowing in your favor. So the fact that you are disconnected from God is part of the bigger, larger plan. Because you are coming here. You're descending here. You're lowering your vibration precisely to experience this concept of separation, which would include being and feeling separate from God consciousness. So while as your great father-mother consciousness, you are never truly separate from source because it is just impossible, that would be an illusion. If that cord, the energetic connection between you and source is dormant or deactivated temporarily, you may experience this fallacy, this perception of being separate from God so that you can find your way back to connection. That is the only reason why. So for those of you that don't feel close to God, don't feel like you have a close enough relationship to God, on the energetic level, the one thing that is true is that cord remains dormant. So what you want to do is, if you're craving that connection, Source consciousness, God, is never going to tell you, no, you can't have that connection because you are part of it. And essentially that makes you God, which means that you can activate anything you want within your own body, including additional strands of DNA or any type of immune response you choose to, because you are the entirety of, of everything that you are. And so you're king or queen of your own universe, right? So start acting as such, right? So going back to my example... If you want to connect to this and if you want to do this quick practice with me, right? Imagine, really imagine this cord and, and start with the deep breaths here. And then ask the universe to activate your connection with God source consciousness. And what's going to happen? By the way, like when you ask the universe, the answer is going to be yes, no matter what. Like there's no way that there's going to be a no. So what you want to start seeing is that there is a stream of golden, gleaming, glittering energy that is essentially coming down the cord, kind of almost like through a straw. You know, if you've ever watched liquids move through a straw, um, if you're drinking, um, I don't know, juice or Coca-Cola or whatever, no judgment. You know, you can kind of see it moving. It's almost like, um, you know, it could be a very fast movement if there's a lot of pressure uh, in the straw in the tube or it can be slow movement like the movement is going to be different for each of you right as long as you see that stream becoming activated right becoming activated allow it to move at its own pace and then feel 
how that gilded golden energy of source is entering your body, your physical body, at the precise point that we've recently located around that vertebrae in your back that is right between your shoulder blades, this one that's sticking out kind of a little bit. Um, so that, you know, allow the energy to enter through that point. And essentially because source consciousness is also connected to sun consciousness in some way, although that is probably like a poor, you know, the, the sun that you're used to seeing in um, the solar system is maybe a poor representation of source energy. Again, no offense to the sun. Uh, the sun and I go way back, so please don't take offense in what I'm saying. But um, essentially the way source energy moves is um, it is the energy that tends to emanate from one core center and it would emanate in every possible direction, kind of like the sun's rays are emanating 360 and covering the entirety of the solar system, right? So imagine that essentially that vertebrae of yours becomes the center of the nucleus of the sun. So almost like imagine like there is a mini sun now shining from the vertebrae and imagine that the energy of that, that sun, like that sun has the energy that is so dense, so potent that literally it emanates it everywhere in every which possible direction, right? And as you're imagining that, feel the energy of God consciousness. First activate your thymus, your higher heart, right? So essentially it would start shooting its potent energy right straight into your thymus, activating your thymus, right? Great, great. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep working with me. Those those that are doing this exercise with me, I'm just sensing that we're, we haven't, like, you need to really fuel your thymus. Like, it's really important to activate your thymus. The thymus is, thymus is the second domino. The first domino is that vertebrae between your shoulder blades. The second domino is your thymus. So keep sending this golden energy. Ask the source to send you more. If you don't feel like you're having enough, ask the source to amplify it by 1000%, 10,000%, right? Okay. Yes. Yes. More. You can get more. You can accumulate more. Your thymus represents infinity of your love. So you can hold on to much more energy within your thymus gland that you thought was possible. Last but not least, and the, by the way, we're going to close the triangle. And this is the triangle of God consciousness within you, by the way. The third aspect of your body that you need to activate with this God light to be able to anchor these energies inside of your physical body is your third eye or your pineal gland, right? For those of you that don't know what the third eye is, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's between your brows, kind of in your forehead, maybe like half an inch above your eyebrows. But however, it's technically the pineal gland is inside of your brain, right? So it's not like it's it, your third eye is technically not in the center of your forehead, but kind of behind it from within, right? So imagine that there was a gland there that looked like a lotus flower, which again is not very far-fetched. That is definitely one way that we can think of the energy of the third eye. And now imagine that this gilded energy travels up from your thymus gland, right? Up from your thymus gland, which is your heart, higher heart, travels up to where your pineal gland or your third eye in your head is. And there's like a big, big, massive torrent stream of energy. 
And now start accumulating this gilded light in your third eye, in your pineal gland, right? Um, the way you accumulate the energy is start rotating this golden sphere, or like you can even rotate the lotus flower if that feels better. And as it rotates, it starts accumulating this spiral energy force right around it. And then almost like feel how um, the golden energy is encapsulating the lotus flower in a cocoon of sorts, right? This golden cocoon, like enveloping that flower, right? And um, add layers upon layers upon layers of this beautiful golden light, a beautiful golden energy. Now, when you feel that it's enough, actually, I'm not feeling as I'm doing this practice with you. I know it's not enough for you. Multiply it by a thousand X. I need more energy in your third eye center. If we are to feel connection to God, we have to go all the way, you guys. We kind of just do like um, ha halfway there work, right? Okay. A uh, hundred exit one more time for me. And now increase it by one million times. Yes. Yes. Great. Okay. Now that we're here, now that we're here, send that golden energy back into the back vertebrae between your shoulder blades to complete the triangle. And now that your triangle is complete, repeat that triangle one more time, but quickly. You kind of like want to start coursing that golden energy through and through and through, right? So energetically, we're there, by the way. Congratulations. Now you're fully connected to God. You're fully connected to um, source consciousness. However, what you need to start doing as a next step is developing a relationship with God as if God was essentially your best friend. What does that mean? Talking to God, praying to God, asking God for forgiveness, or ask, not for forgiveness, sorry, asking God for feedback or anything. By the way, don't have to ask God for forgiveness because you are forgiven by default. That was like a, a slip of the tongue. Um, yeah, and it is a slip of the tongue because you guys somehow keep asking God for forgiveness. And no, it's not my problem, but like, as in, it's, it's not my belief that that was what needs to be asked, but this is what is floating in the human collective, right? The God is not a judge. The God is not an entity that is going to put you on a chopping block and judge you for all the wrongs and all of your sins. That is not what God is. In fact, God is learning about himself, herself, itself from your experiences. So the last thing, trust me, that that consciousness wants to do is judge you. So don't think that to have a relationship with God, you have to be this meek, slave-type person that, you know, always puts yourself in a position that is less than God. Which is not to say that you have to come at this with a lot of arrogance. All you have to feel in your heart is the truth of you being one with God, you know. And perceiving yourself as a divine child, daughter or son of God is actually a very healthy relationship to get started, right? And, you know, you should start developing a relationship with source consciousness, essentially your father-mother consciousness, right? And, you know, so that does mean having conversations with that consciousness, whether out loud or in your journal or through a prayer. Now, by the way, the one thing I will tell you is source God is sick and tired of your dogmatic prayers 
that you have learned in Catholic school or wherever else you go, because there is not just one way to communicate with your father-mother consciousness. There really isn't. And in fact, when everybody uses the same template to try to essentially ask for help, that almost loses its authenticity in the, in the face of God, right? So I encourage each of you to find your own path of communication. One thing that I want you to know is God always, A, is on your side, B, is here to hear you out, C, is here to provide any resources that are necessary, but only as long as they serve your greater good, right? Because what God always has that you don't have is perspective. And sometimes the things that you think you want are not the things that are going to serve you or are not the things that you actually want, right? So having a relationship with God doesn't always mean getting what you want, but it means always feeling connected to the rest of existence and never feeling alone. All right. All right. I think this is it on the first question. Thank you. Thank you for doing this practice with me. Thank you for reconnecting to God consciousness. Thank you for being here for the ride. I am ready for the second question. Any, um, just again, to recenter and realign us. Any question that you had related to God or source consciousness that you think is going to serve humanity today, please come forward. I would like to hear you out. Okay. Great. Well, we kind of almost got started on this already, so might as well just finish it up. The question that came through is from a man, the man that perceives himself to be a sinner, right? That is his definition as it relates to God. I am a sinner. I am not worthy. And so we essentially have this concept of shame and not a concept. It's a feeling and a frequency of shame of somebody that doesn't feel worthy of God, doesn't feel worthy of forgiveness and thus doesn't feel worthy of even having a relationship with God, right? And by the way, that's a lot of you. A lot of you. A lot of you are brainwashed enough to think, right, that you can be in a state of having sinned enough for God to not want to have a relationship with you. That is the biggest BS I've heard like in a while. It is that, that that statement, that feeling, that frequency couldn't be less true, right? Now, granted, granted, there is a lot of dogma on this planet, right? And a lot of the dogma comes from control, right? So religion, organized religion, is one of the most effective, most widespread, and one of the easiest forms of control known to man, right? So one thing that I would like for you to get straight is if you have any, any semblance, feeling of shame related to the consciousness of God or your relationship to God, that never comes from within. And that never represents your truth. Not, a, not really, not really. You may perceive it as true because you've been taught something and you really believed it strongly enough that you made it true. But there is no way that you can be unworthy of God. Why? 
you may ask me. And enough of you are asking me why. I'm trying to figure out how to give you an example that you would understand. Okay, listen, you guys, really bad example, really bad example. I mean, really bad example, but pardon me. And it's going to be really (laughs) bad from like, it's a little bit of a morbid example. But I think it's going to get the point across. Imagine, imagine that for whatever reason, you cut off your finger. Sorry for this example. I mean, I really I can't apologize enough, but th- this is going to be quite telling. And then, you know, let's let's imagine that that finger, you know, has a consciousness of itself. And that finger has a perception that the reason you cut it off or whatever wasn't because you got into an accident, right? But because it wasn't worthy of you in the first place, right? So this finger, you know, goes on to have its own merry way and merry life or whatever as a singled out entity from the rest of you, as an individualized entity from the rest of you, thinking or developing shame around, you know, you maybe you didn't like God, which essentially would be the entirety of your body consciousness, feels like I'm not worthy of it, so it cut me off. But do you see the ridiculousness of, 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 of that frequency? of that train of thought? Why is that so ridiculous? It's because, right, that finger essentially came off of your hand, which means that it was a perfect fit for your hand out of any finger anybody could have created. That particular one that you used to have was the perfect match and your perfect vibration, right? That's why it was your finger and not somebody else's, right? So as God consciousness splits itself into smaller pieces of consciousness that become souls, essentially, that then incarnate, right? This is what happens, essentially, right? If you as a human were to imagine that every cell of yours, right? Imagine your source, right? And that would be a good proxy. Imagine that every cell of yours got split up and went on its own merry way and started incarnating as its own consciousness, right? Do you think that as a human, right, as one integral human, you would ever in a billion years think that one of your cells is not worthy of you? Or one of your cells is not good enough? The answer is no, you wouldn't. Because you would always perceive that cell to be as inherent to you as the rest of your cells. And not just inherent, but necessary for the entirety of you. Like you would feel like you would not be complete without that one cell of your body if you had full awareness, by the way, of all of your cells, right? And source consciousness, God, always has awareness of every single cell it has. The reason being, where you are singular consciousness, God is not. So the way God perceives reality is actually, imagine like every cell of its body had like a projector or like a TV screen or whatever that reflected everything that that cell was feeling, thinking, hearing any every point in time, like a live stream of that consciousness. God is able to watch all of the live streams of every single projection of itself in real time at the same time. As in, it it is a high vibrational level of consciousness 
it's so high vibrational that it doesn't need to split its its attention and doesn't need to only focus on one thing to be able to perceive what's going on. It can focus on an infinite number of things, right? So the reason I'm telling you this, right, and the reason I'm giving you all of these analogies is because I would like for you to understand, right, that from the perspective of God, the emotion of shame that you're experiencing around not being good enough for the rest of source is completely irrelevant and untrue because source is not complete without you. It would be like source would be missing a finger if you decided to not come back one day, right? So how can a finger not be good enough for the hand that came off of? It's impossible. Like at all, like in a billion bazillion years, it's impossible. Right? So let's talk about your shame. So you see, you have been your own jailer. You have put yourself in a position where you think you're not worthy. It was never God and you were never judged. You are your own judge. You have always been. When you disincarnate, it's going to be your higher self judging you first and foremost. And by the way, that higher self is not going to judge you as a sinner or whatever, because there is no such thing. I mean, it's all just a label that you've come up with collectively and then you've collectively believed in it for long enough that it became quote unquote real, right? I just want you to understand that every single label that you have created, and sinner is definitely a label that you have created, only has weight because you collectively believed in it. And so you manifested it as having weight, as having meaning. Does that make sense? I see a lot of, a lot of folks in the collective nodding. I'm glad that it makes sense, right? So if your father, and by the way, like one thing important to say, your higher self is not going to judge you against the laws from the Bible or Quran or what have you. Your higher self is going to judge you, its lower self, against the path that are drafted for you, right? And by the way, that path is different all the time. So the things that serve you in one incarnation could completely hurt you in another, depending on what your higher self intends for you to do in this lifetime, right? So there can be no rules around everybody that does X is a sinner because there are seven different, seven billion plus different paths for humans here on this planet, courtesy of their higher selves. And not one of them is created equal. Not one of them is a copy paste of another path. Yes, there are some templates that are used, but like all of them are unique, right? So the fact that you believe something is essentially a sin or somehow makes you unworthy is a fallacy. And the only reason it feels like it contains weight is because you power it with the force of your own belief, your own faith, as well as the collective powers it with their own belief and faith. That is the only reason. So I tell you, unjail yourself and forgive yourself. Forgiveness starts with you. God cannot forgive you because God is not the one that's mad at you in the first place. Right? And by the way, not even your higher self needs to forgive you because your higher self loves you by default. And the only thing that's going to happen if you come back and you failed is you're going to have to do this all over again. I mean, 
it's not like your higher self hates you. It's just like the, the, the objectives haven't changed from its perspective, from your higher self's perspective, just because you failed something, right? So essentially that desire still remains unmet. So you're going to have to go back and meet it and, you know, keep doing that, keep repeating that cycle until you actually get where you're supposed to go, right? So essentially that is the only quote-unquote punishment that's coming your way, right? So unjail yourself. Understand that you are your own jailer, right? So if you're experiencing shame, right? Here's how, you know, let, let's deal with shame real quick. Imagine that your shame is a piece of clothing that you're wearing. And generally, it's either a set of armor or something that's constricting your life force or your breathing. So very often, the energy of shame, not always, but very often, it's uh, on the energetic or etheric level, however you want to look at it, is going to manifest itself as a cage that is wrapped around tightly around your chest. So like a grid, a metallic grid around your chest area. By the way, it's not always an external grid. Sometimes that grid is specifically around your heart or around your around your lungs. And it can be like an internal cage, if that makes sense. So when I say unjail yourself, we really, really need to make sure that you're just removing all these articles of quote-unquote clothing, for the lack of a better term, all these accessories that you somehow adopted into your physical body and your um, energetic body, Emotional and mental, by the way, as well, all of your bodies. And you are maintaining those as structures because that's your like personal version of penance or like that's your personal version of, I don't know, being a martyr for all the sins that you've committed. How about you unjail yourself? How about you freaking allow yourself to spread the wings and fly? So if you feel any shame around any version of I'm a sinner, you're your own jailer. When you're constricting your life force, you are preventing yourself from making long-term decisions or making decisions that long-term benefit you. You're also preventing yourself from living the life you're meant to live. I have never met people, witnessed people, who have a big level of constriction in the chest. I've, I just don't have an experience of these types of folks making healthy decisions. Or living their best lives. Because their life force is so constricted that their life force cannot move in their body in the way that would be conducive to their own evolution. Constricted life force means constricted everything. Constricted future, your goals not being met, you settling for things instead of having the love that you want, you being stuck, you know, that is all, those are all the byproducts of constricted life force when you're your own jailer. So here's what we're going to do. Imagine, right, that you were like this, essentially very, very strong being, like Superman of sorts, right? And I want you to take your energetic arms that are as strong as Superman, a superwoman, however you want, Wonder Woman, you know, and you want to take the metal of the cage that's caging you, that's caging your chest or your lungs or your heart, something in your heart area. And by the way, sometimes it's more than one thing. And you want to start loosening up the grip of that metal. You really want it to spread apart like the metallic rods that are constricting your chest one by one by one. Literally spread them out. And you can even help yourself with your physical hands, right? This is one of those exercises where you really need to loosen that grip. And then really do it one by one and like stretch it out, stretch it out, stretch it out. 
and then do so do the stretching enough times where essentially it would just like um, slip off of you like an old item of clothing that no longer fits you right and it's going to fall away like this rusty old piece of metal clunky piece of metal that no longer serves you right and you can even collapse it like you can even like take your hands you know take that little piece of metal make it into a small sphere of metal and that literally you can even open up a portal and by the way the portal just looks like you can imagine it as like a sphere of energy of any color and you can like almost like open the door in that sphere and like literally drop your cage in there close the door and then collapse the sphere and then essentially that cage is going to be gone into whatever whatever dimension that it went into you, you don't have to worry about that right like but it's important shame is a cage it's constricting your life force so you want to uncage yourself and you want to forgive yourself right because again there is absolutely nothing that you did wrong in the face of god and in the face of your creator you're perfect just the way you are and i don't really legitimately do not care what you have done it's irrelevant even if you think that you have committed something that nobody can ever forgive you for, I guarantee you you're wrong. I guarantee you there's nothing to forgive. Now, is there karma? Absolutely there's karma. But by the way, karma is a natural, like if you're committing things against other people or whatever, stealing, like, you know, like there is going to be retribution in this life or an extra like 500 lives from now. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that there are no consequences for your actions. But I'm saying that you don't have to add to those consequences by also judging and hating yourself. Because what you give off as a vibration is going to come back to you as a vibration. That is just the law of the matrix, which means that whatever you gave out into the world is already coming back to you as a boomerang. So you don't also have to accentuate that payback, if that makes sense. Awesome. All right. All right. One more question about God. Speak now, forever hold your peace. Uh, please, something that is going to serve uh, humanity as much as possible. Anything you wanted to ask? I'm ready to receive the question. Oh, really loaded question. I kind of almost don't want to go there. The question is, is the stuff that's written in the Bible true? Ouch, you guys. Ouch, you guys. I'm going to be known as the most controversial <laughs> higher self. Well, maybe not. I would tell you, I mean, can you explain why you're asking? Because I think that's a more important question. Because the question of what's true in the Bible, what's not true in the Bible, I think is a less important question. What is, why do you, why do you care? Okay. But why do you care? Okay. So the essentially what the soul is wondering, right? You know, they're they're a devoid um, Christian. They're a devoid. They they study the Bible. They believe in everything that's in the Bible. Um, however, they worry that unless they really study the scriptures and really understand and memorize everything, they can never be close to God. And yet, there are some things in the Bible that don't make logical sense or don't add up. And right. And that this particular person kind of get a really good sense for who God is, uh, you know, having read the Bible. 
And because of that, they feel like they can never really pinpoint or really truly understand and comprehend God. And so there is this inherent existential question. Do I believe everything that the Bible says is true about God? And if so, what happens if I cannot comprehend God? Because if I am part God consciousness, so if you're saying that I am essentially an extension of God, how come I'm so unable to comprehend this consciousness? Because the decision making that is presented in the Bible doesn't always make sense to me. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Also not is terribly consistent, right? It doesn't always resonate in my heart, right? So how do I comprehend the consciousness of God in a way that serves me as, as an individual human, right? And I think that's actually a much, much better question to ask than whether the Bible is true, right? And, and by the way, I'm, I'm happy to shed the light on the Bible as well. But again, like, I'm not sure how that's going to help you because I also need to make sure that whatever conversations we're having today, don't just break your paradigm, but also build something for you, right? My job is never to create chaos in your already tumultuous life. That is not my job. My job is to gently guide you in a way where you're able to find and tune into your inner guidance instead of me becoming the dogma, right? Uh, I don't stand for dogma of any kind. And, and, and that's why you're going to get the answer that you're getting today. I think the question of how I should perceive God is a very important question. So let me start with saying and telling you about source energy. What is true about God and what is not? God is an infinitely wise, infinitely ancient, and an infinitely curious consciousness that is able to split itself into infinity and then pull itself back together through the use of electricity and magnetism. God is a consciousness that is able to almost like slice and dice itself in every which way in an attempt to comprehend itself in the entirety of creation, which essentially is itself better. So sometimes God, right? And that is a big fallacy because you guys still think God is masculine. And I hope that today we're going to debunk that myth. But God consciousness, one way that it chooses to split itself is into the feminine and the masculine part. Is that the ultimate truth of the universe? Absolutely not, because the ultimate truth is oneness, right? However, it's also not untrue that there is a way for God consciousness, for source, to split itself in a way that the whole entirety of the universe of creation then becomes a polarity of masculine and feminine energy and then split itself in a way where they're not just polarities, but they intermingle and intertwine as a double helix of reality and they become symbiotic and they dance together in an eternal dance of give and take. Okay, so God is thus an infinite creation, right? It's an infinite being that is full of light. 
it is also a being with infinite patience. And make no mistake, everything that you're experiencing is a byproduct of God. So if God, on some level, didn't want you to have the Bible, there is no way that you would have ever gotten the Bible. Just no way. In other words, I would like for you to understand, regardless of where you are in your journey to awakening, the Bible is a tool that leads you to more discernment. That over time is going to be the tool that helps you better perceive God. However, it is not a tool that is a shortcut. This is a tool that I would describe as a loop. So the Bible, actually, if you study it long and hard enough, is going to get you into an aspect of yourself where you would, or or like a part, where you would realize things don't quite match up. The most devote, devoted, should I say, students of the Bible, the ones that are not brainwashed, but the ones that take the time to study and really understand, the more they study the Bible, the more they find the discrepancies. And that is just the fact. Because the Bible, like I said, is a loop tool. A loop tool. There are many, by the way, in the universe. Quran is also a loop tool. Uh, Torah is a loop tool. What, is, what do I mean by saying that? What does it even mean? The loop tool is a tool or something in the physical that sends you on a journey that takes you from point zero, sends you essentially on a detour that feels very engaging as you're you know, going through that experience, but is essentially going to take you to point zero of essentially I know nothing, right? Or I know that whatever this is, is not the truth, right? Now that journey might be a joy ride or a horror ride, you know, a roller coaster. Those journeys are not made equal. But essentially, the Bible is not the book that's going to give you the answers. But it's the book that's going to expose to you the fact that you don't know all the answers. And it's going to become glaringly obvious the more you study, the deeper you study it. Because there are, oh my God, so many discrepancies in the Bible. We could be here till the cows come home if I tried to explain to you what what it is. Now. I think you deserve some truth today, right? How about that? You didn't ask it, but I'm going to give you a little bit, not too much. We don't want to dismantle everything for you. I don't want to do that because it's not going to serve you. You guys are not ready. As I'm looking at the consciousness of humanity, it's a very budding consciousness. You know, you essentially are toddlers uh, and don't take this in the wrong way. It's it's a beautiful time. It's a beautiful point in somebody's like consciousness development so I don't want to give you something that's going to completely throw you off your balance and out of your crib and in, in you know into the fire zone that is not what I want to do because that does not serve you but you asked so I'm going to answer here is the key to understanding what went wrong or what is wrong with the bible if you are questioning, right? The definition of God 
should I say the definitions of God are plenty, right? My definition that I like to use of God is that where God is equivalent to source, however, that is not the only definition. And by the way, when you, on your plane of reality, in your plane of consciousness, are referring to God, more often than not, you are not referring to the same entity that I am referring to. And that is where the biggest key to understanding lies. I really would like for you to get that. Essentially, and that is true not just for your dimension, but across dimensions. Any consciousness, I'm going to repeat myself, any consciousness that is three or more dimensions higher than your consciousness or more evolved, three steps more evolved than yours, would be perceived by your consciousness as God or something that is so infinitely wiser or more advanced that you are, that you can not comprehend it enough that you have to call it God. Does that make sense? So let's take the most simplistic dimensional theory, right? 12 dimensions. You guys are in the third one, arguably the fifth one. So any consciousness from dimension essentially six and up or seven and up, right, is going to feel like God consciousness to you. As in any extraterrestrial or any other being of light or otherwise that may come through from seventh dimension and above, you're going to perceive as God. And essentially, historically, humanity has called these types of entities, these types of beings, God and goddesses. They're real. Most of them were extraterrestrials in some shape or form, right? whether corporeal or uncorporeal. And you guys have created pantheons for them, right? Now, are they... Were they gods and goddesses? Yes, absolutely. Because the definition of God, again, let me repeat myself, is any consciousness that is three steps ahead of you, three dimensions ahead of you, from your perspective would be God consciousness or goddess consciousness. They're just that much more evolved. Now, those types of beings are just extensions of source consciousness in the same way that you are. They may be just a couple of steps ahead of you, right? And by the way, may not even be so at soul level, but just for this incarnation, by the way, that's the roles that they're playing, right? So one thing I will tell you, the entity, the consciousness that the Bible is calling God is of the second variety. Is that which my definition of God, my second definition of God would apply to which is it is the consciousness that was essentially four steps in this particular case, four steps above a third dimensional human. It is a seventh dimensional consciousness that is an extraterrestrial consciousness that is being called God in the Bible. By the way, that consciousness is judgy. That consciousness does not always care. You know, is not the all loving and all patient consciousness. Is that for all intents and purposes God? From your perspective, yes. From your limited perspective, though. Because from the perspective of your higher self, you wouldn't bother calling the consciousness God. And definitely not source. Definitely not source. So if you're looking for answers in the Bible, you can only find those answers if you are a third dimensional being. In other words, 
the moment you start opening up your eyes and start getting into like fifth dimensional consciousness or even higher, which is what a lot of you are experiencing as you're starting to awaken, that book stops making sense altogether. Maybe not all of it. I mean, obviously, there are, in a, by the way, nothing that I'm saying negates like or says that they're like the events of the Bible are untrue. I'm just saying that they're exceptionally biased and that they just represent one point of view and not the, the point of view of the grand creator, right? So you should never look at any book or any scripture as the ultimate truth because that just shows you one facet of reality. And if source energy had a chance to speak with you right now, what it would want for you to know are that the deepest insights and the true answers and the deeper understanding about what God consciousness is, is always going to come from within. What do I mean by that? Very important. What we need to go through right now as humanity is an evolution from dogma to insight. Simple. It's an arc. Moving from dogma to insight is an arc that we're going to have to go through. And like every arc, the first half of the job is an uphill battle because it doesn't make sense for you right now. You don't see how we can get from here to insight. From dogma to insight is not a very pretty arc to walk. And it is an arc that requires a lot of guidance from light beings and, you know, guides and teachers and everybody that has walked the path before. Like humanity cannot walk the arc alone. But the end game is insight. The end game is not you listening to Maria talking about lofty ideals and how the Bible is right or wrong or somewhere in the middle. The end game of your evolution or the next step, shall I say, is you being able to receive your own insights, your own understanding. And not only that, but develop a level of discernment that any information that is coming into your space you could immediately know if it's true or not true by just the vibration and the resonance you're experiencing in your heart center. Because within you, you have the compass. Within you, you have the guidance system. We just have to awaken it, right? I would say there are many stages to awakening. The first stage is realizing, like essentially just stop being all sleepy, right? And awakening to the fact that there is life after death there are incarnations but not just like kind of hoping that that's true or thinking that's true but like knowing uncovering the knowing but that is not it the second step of awakening is awakening to your own truth and your own guidance system that includes everything from communicating with your higher self and building that bridge and building that connection because your higher self is always going to be your best proxy for your internal guidance and insights Always, best place to go, your higher self. The rest of you, the entire, the 98% of you, the 99% of the rest of you, right? If you cannot go to your higher self, the North Star. If you haven't listened to the episode on our podcast about the North Star, about your guidance system, about the, the, the truth vector, please do. Do yourself a favor, right? So looking within is the answer. Until you look within... Until you're able to build the bridge to your higher self and the rest of you, you're never going to be able to perceive God. Because the path to God 
always like that true connection and oneness with God consciousness, source consciousness, and everything else in existence is correlated to the path of the path to the rest of you, the path through your higher self, right? So being able to tap into your higher vibrations, higher aspects is a path to greater understanding and greater insight where you're not going to have to use some reference book, you know, Corinthians such and such, you know, Revelation such and such. You're not going to have to reference that. That guidance is going to come through to you in the moment. Now, connection to the higher self is something that is probably a 10 episode endeavor, right? That we can touch upon if you want to, by the way, let me know. I see a lot of nods, right? But, but, this is going to be the gift that keeps on giving once you actually tap into it. And that is the only thing that's going to enable you to feel full, complete, and not alone in your own skin, in your own life, in your own incarnation. I would like to do one last question. Uh, something short, you know, something that's not going to take 30 minutes to answer, like in a bunch of practices around God or God consciousness. Um, anything else that you were wondering or anything else that you wanted to ask? Um, we have a question from the audience of what are some of the rituals, right? I actually like this question a lot. What are some of the rituals that could help me uh, connect to God day in and day out and start getting guidance, right? You know, if we didn't want to go the higher self route or couldn't go to the higher self route, like what else could I do, you know? Um, I really like this question because I think the, the word ritual is a very important ritual, right? A ritual is more than a habit. A ritual is something that is exceptionally conscious, right? It's something that you lead with consciousness around, right? A ritual is not something that you can like hurry up and do real quick in between your, your Zoom calls or between your meetings or between, I don't know, like the, the two glasses of wine um, around Netflix, right? A ritual is something that is very intentional. So I really do love that from, you know, I really do love that. Um, sun gazing or greeting the sun is the first ritual that I would recommend around connecting to God and source consciousness. Um, you know, one way to perceive source, you know, especially if we think about the masculine side of source, right, is connecting to sun energies, because in the same way that source emanates things, emanates energies, and shares its warmth and its resources with its children, the sun does as well. So it's a really good proxy for source consciousness here in this third dimensional world is the sun. So I would say if you want to be closer to God, start with developing a closer relationship with the sun. And let's start thinking about and having rituals around the sun. By the way, it is not coincidental that our ancestors had rituals for, you know, du during the, um, uh, the longest day and the shortest day of the year, right? Because it's always connected to the sun right? The equinoxes, the summer equinox. Um, uh, and and uh, so, so essentially the, uh, the equinoxes, right? Like the, uh, the two focal points where like our points of alignment as humanity to the energy of source essentially, or the, the father energies in the sky, right? So anything you can do to align yourself to the natural rhythms of the sun 
are going to inherently align you to the energy of God consciousness, right? So what do I recommend? You know, some breathing exercises in the sun. Very often, like, I mean, in the morning, right? That That's a really, really good time, ideally at dawn. But if you don't w- wake up at dawn, you know, around 7 a.m. Uh, is perfect um, to do a sun gazing meditation. You know, we could start with just like a couple of seconds just looking at the sun. And by the way, don't even have to look at the sun because once you get good at it, you can look at the sun. I mean, not at the middle of the day, like 12 p.m. to 3 p.m., but like morning sun, like at dawn. You can look at the sun for like a minute straight up to three minutes and it's not going to damage your retina, right? But it's actually going to start activating certain facets of your brain, certain cells of your brain. Um, Now, that being said, right, in the morning, what you would like to do is you would like to do some sun breathing. There are many different ways to do sun breathing. We can we can call it source breathing as well or God breathing, if you'd like, if if you prefer that as a ritual. So you definitely want to sit down, you know, and face the sun. Really important. And then you really want the sun to be able to activate the same triangle that we just did earlier in, in this episode around um, you know, your connection to your, um, uh, to, to essentially to, to, to source consciousness, right? So three points, that vertebrae in the back of your, uh, in the back of your spine, um, and in your back on the spinal cord, you know, thymus as the second point of the triangle, the third point of the triangle is your third eye, right? So what you want to do is you want to face the sun and you want to start breathing in and out when you're breathing in on the inhale, you want to kind of like almost like feel like you're sucking the energy from the sun. Don't worry. You're not going to hurt the sun. The sun wants you to take its energy. Just saying. So you want to feel like you're kind of like inhaling, ingesting that energy from the sun. And you're ingesting it actually first with your third eye. So it's almost like feel like as you're breathing in, feel like your forehead sucking in that energy. And then... The next step from your forehead, like from your uh, pineal gland, that energy needs to move to the back of your spine into that vertebrae that is right between your shoulder blades. And then allow this, the triangle to come full circle and um, make itself to thymus, the thymus gland, and then complete the triangle, right? And so as you're doing breaths, one thing that you want to do is you want to be able to take one very long inhale and be able to do this full triangle on the inhale. And then on the exhale, you repeat the triangle, right? But again, remember that it's powered by the sun. So that's what you want to start doing. Then, then, you know, you want to run this triangle five to seven times. And then uh, what you want to do is you want to imagine... Uh, well, let's change the breathing, right? You want to imagine that you're connecting with the very core of the sun and you're starting to breathe in into your third eye. And, and then like when you breathe out, uh, essentially the energy shoots up into the sun again and creates a loop, right? So breathe, breath in, you take the energy from the sun into your third eye, breath out, you exhale into the sun. And so imagine that as you're inhaling the energy from the sun, your cord, your connection to God, it's almost like as if like there was a cord that connected you to God, that capacity was just accentuated and increased and stretched 
and improved, right? With every breath you take. And then when you, on the out breath, imagine sending like the codes to all that you are, you know, the good, the bad, the everything in between, any questions, like all the information, everything that you want to share with source, everything you want to share with God, feel free to just share that um, without any limitations, without any barriers through your exhale, right? That is also kind of like how you, you start building the flow in your body is not to hold on to information, protect the information about you with everything that you have, right? Because you can't share anything with God because, by the way, God knows. God is already on the same page with you, whether you realize it or not. Like, God already knows everything and more about you than, you you know, you even know about yourself, right? Because never mind, God also knows your subconscious where you're, you're not, not there necessarily for most of you, right? You're only aware of what you, you know what you know, right? So don't worry and don't put barriers between you and God. As you're doing these breaths, one, the next thing that I would like for you to imagine is that it's almost like if you zoom out, there is like a bigger sun out there, right? Like million, a ton of miles away, right? Trillion of miles away. And that bigger sun essentially represents, it's like, it's a ball of, but instead of yellow energy, however you imagine in the sun, it's a ball of white light, a ball of white light, a sphere of white light. And that sphere of white light is essentially God, right? And so imagine that you're doing the same type of breath, but with the bigger sun, with God consciousness. And what you want to do is, again, on the in-breath, on the inhale, you want to take in the stream into your third eye, the stream from God. And then on the exhale, you want to share the information. And so uh, this is actually a good way to um, get um, different codes uploaded into your um, into your body, physical, energetic, and otherwise. What do I mean by codes? So essentially, when you go to sleep every night, um, well, maybe not every night, but um, one of the purposes of your sleep state is the upgrade of your system. You can think of it as healing. You can think of it as, you know, changing the operating system, however you want to think about it, right? But like, essentially, every night your body goes through a whole slew of processes around regeneration. And one of these processes that is like probably the the epitome of like the healthy energetic exchange is getting a download or an upload from God of, of certain codes. Those are healing codes generally or informational codes or like downloads, information like insight. Remember the insight, that arc that we need to do from dogma to insight? So God consciousness essentially is sending you all of these codes whether you realize it or not and sometimes you're able to process them and intake them into your body and other times you're not ready and your body rejects it because you have to be ready to receive certain upgrades you cannot just receive by the virtue of you being asleep that is you know the prerequisite but that is not enough right so as you're developing this communication with source consciousness through this type of breath you are enabling the flow, the free flow, the stream of these codes and these upgrades into your body. Now, because God is always on your side, because source energy is always on your side, the types of codes that that consciousness is sending you are always, without fail, are going to be serving you no matter what. So that is a very healthy exchange. So think of it as almost like all the new codes are being uploaded and anything that you don't need, you can send it back to the sun to the sun so it's kind of like the great cleanse the great recycling of energy right so i would say this is a really really good ritual to start frankly even if you just do that you're good you don't need to do anything else
Although, you know, we can have a whole separate episode about sun consciousness and like what does it mean connection with the sun and i believe we already did um you know for the white sun and for the for the black sun as well but um yeah so i think that um this was great as always i really enjoyed um my conversation with you guys thank you for all the insightful questions thank you for being open i know today was a you know, it was a, a an episode that ruffled some feathers. I know I'm getting into some controversial topics. I know religion is definitely one of them. And oh my God, the Bible. And there is absolutely nothing that I said today that is diminishing, you know, either the God of the Bible or Jesus or Mary or any of them. That was not what this was all about, right? In fact, they are the path and the way through greater understanding, despite being this loop tool, right? And again, their consciousness has nothing to do with the religion of Christianity, right? So don't be mad at me. Um, you know, and again, nothing that I said is against them. In fact, it's for them, right? Um, I just still urge you to look within and find the tools to start getting your internal guidance because your quality of life, you know, how, how your life will change once you start getting your own guidance and your own insights. Like there is the before and after, and that is pretty dramatic. Your quality of life is going to improve a thousandfold if you open yourself to guidance. Thank you for being open-minded. Love the questions today. And really, it's such an honor for me to be able to teach you about source consciousness. Um, it is one of my favorite topics, you know, um, oneness and, and being connected to God and source. And so I really just, I want to thank you for being with me today and thank you for staying open-minded. And I do hope that you take the learnings from today to heart and start practicing your connection to source because God is ready for you, you guys. Whether you realize it or not, this is a calling. The fact that you're listening to this episode is not random. And source wants you to know that it is yearning for a one-to-one -one direct line of communication to you. So if you've been waiting for a sign, this is it. And this is a confirmation that you are ready. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a suggestion for a topic we should explore in the future, please email us at hello at conversationswithmyhigherself.co. If you resonate with our message, please consider leaving us a review or sharing this episode with your friends. The world is going to be better off for it. With much love, Maria and Sergey.